I'm here with you. That's all that matters. Riley Finn was a love Buffy thought could never betray her. Now, you need to see this. His darkest secret will come to light. Uh. Buffy. And all new Buffy. <laughs> Five by five, the fucked up audio chronicles of If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and we take a look at each episode according to its original air date. And this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 10, Into the Woods. We'll be talking about plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we will be talking about stalking and stalkers and stockdom. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows. And I'd have a witty punchline here if it wasn't so depressing. Welcome back. It has been a while. I don't think anyone's happier than Stacia to see the finality of season four. Finally. Can't believe Thank it. Goodness. I know. Season four finale. What up? Episode 10, Season 5, which originally aired on December 19th of the year 2000, written and directed by Marty Noxon. This is the first of two times that she directs an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which I guess I didn't realize that she only directed two episodes and did not realize that this would be the first one. Uh, the next one and final one will be Forever. So just a couple from now. That's the episode after Joyce Really? Joyce. She did Forever mm-hmm. as well? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I knew she wrote it, but I didn't, I didn't wow. realize she directed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last writing credit for her was Buffy versus Dracula. My fave, obviously. Uh, hey, what happened in this episode? Riley left. The end. Well, I suppose I can give you a couple more details. Riley has hurt feelings, hurt jealous feelings, because Buffy can't love him the way that he needs to be loved in order to get his yayas and taste some danger and feel like a real bad boy. Maybe Buffy will like him. He goes to get... And I quote, suck jobs from his whores, (laughs) (laughs) who are uh, weird, junky vampires uh, in a crack den. And Spike, who has been creepy for a long time, watches Riley exit her bedroom to follow him to the crack den and uh, then tells Buffy all about it. And then Buffy catches him in the act they have a big old fight. Riley uses this opportunity to give her an ultimatum of like, hey, convenient that I did something fucked up that you could justifiably leave me for slash yell at me for. Uh, I'm going to leave for the military if you don't immediately forgive me. And uh, flies away on a helicopter. Um, oh, I guess the other thing is. <laughs> Joyce doesn't have cancer anymore. Slash her brain tumor has been excised. Yay. Never gonna have a problem again. We're on the road to recovery. Okay, so there's not a whole lot of fun facts, but I scraped together a quarter or two just for you. Marty Knox, instead of this episode, rather directing episode, this episode, because it was done and she said, exciting and difficult. I discovered a lot of things that I need to learn to do better. Ultimately, I was pretty happy with the results. I thought the most important thing as a director to do is tell the story, not to get caught up in being all fancy just for fanciness's sake. So I try to do that. Uh, and then about Riley and Joss specifically. Buffy with a boyfriend is not as interesting as Buffy in some kind of romantic strife. Although, this is romantic strife. No. Uh, Riley, by his nature, is such a good and constant character that we were at a risk of things of getting a little dull. And then the only other thing, which I mentioned during uh, this year's Girl. Remember this scene where, you know, Faith's walking down. Um, oh, my God. Maple Court. And we see the window. It says, uh... Gustav's knives or Gustafsson's knives or whatever to then that that was a nod to his name was DC Gustafsson or Gustav Gustafsson is his name which is amazing um but yeah he was a close friend of Sarah Michelle Gellar as well as being the lead man on the first and second season of Buffy and what a lead man is is kind of like the boss of the set dressers um and the like they call them swing gang something I don't really know I don't know anything about video production but he died right before this episode aired so he was only 41 but yeah anyway cool bummer 10 Stacia what did you think about this episode of television um 
This is not my favorite. That's really kind. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> okay, to be fair, <laughs> we watched this episode weeks ago. I remember it. I have to say, Riley incenses me. Uh, I feel like Buffy was right, and I hate that Xander butted in when he absolutely had no right to butt in. And... Good riddance, Riley. Yeah, that's nice. Good riddance, Riley. Don't let the helicopter hitch on the way out. Nice. And whatever you do, don't look out exactly. the window. No, no, but he's going on a secret covert mission. You don't understand. And also he resisted the impulse of like other person on the planet that's ever flown on any kind of anything. You're like, ooh, look, look out down. the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, also the logistics of it. He's like, I'm leaving in 20 minutes. And then she like talks to Xander and then runs she never would have made it, even if she had immediately decided that she wanted to see him. Anyway, Daniel, did you like this episode of television? Of course I didn't like this episode of television. <laughs> no, this season four is finally over. Uh, I'm tired. 32 episodes in one season is a long time. So it was too, it's a lot. It was yeah. too long. No, I don't like it. I like the beginning of it. It reminded me of The Body. I got really excited because I thought I misremembered how dumb this episode was. And it was really kind of weird and spooky and, you know, everybody's talking weird. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, this is really cool. There, There's going to be some continuity between these types of episodes. And then there was not any of that. It just turned into a crap episode very quickly. Um, what do you say? I mean, the best part of the episode was our friends hanging out in, in the magic shop. And um, Sarah Michelle Geller carries this whole thing again. And if everybody just talked to their friends, we would have avoided this entire episode. Completely. Yeah. Like top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, yet another episode in the long line of episodes where if we just talk to each other, guys. Yeah. And it was all just really crazy, too. I mean, it was starting the fire. Buffy the arsonist was a crazy angle. The crack den of everybody getting off on sucking blood is a crazy angle. Like, there's a lot of crazy shit. No Tara. Like, Tara, once again, is not on the show. And it's like, what's going on here? Willow also had nothing to do this episode. Like, Crazy. Yeah, not only was Tara not on the show, but our, the rest of our friends were barely on the show. Aside from the magic box scene and the you know the opening yeah. scene at the hospital, about it. I guess we get a little bit of Xander and Anya, but yeah. Which those two scenes are totally different from one another. You know, I mean, Anya is hilarious. Anya's like getting all the best. Yeah, lines well, we now. need somebody too because it's been a slog. Oh yeah, dear holiday memories. Merry tykes by the fire, enjoying their new Christmas chicken feet. Aw, holding them tight as they fall asleep, painting their little toenails. <laughs> that's, that's very humorous. Make fun of the ex-demon. <laughs> I can just hear you in private. I dislike that Anya. She's newly human and strangely literal. What? I don't say that. No one says that. No one talks that way. We, we, needed, the, we needed the season to end. Yes, we needed this season to end. But yeah, I mean, like you said we before, we needed to condense these into one episode, make it make it more concise. They could have done this all. They could have done this all in a, a two-parter of these three, and it would have been probably more palatable. Where you just take these two ideas and put them together, you're probably better off, and you don't have snakes and I don't know. It's all stupid shit. Um, do you think it would have been more satisfying this Riley to the dark side? He's getting his blood sucked by vampires. Uh, if it happened more gradually, like. Do you think that it was worth, Stacia, you you first, do you think that it, was, it would have been better or somehow, I don't know, yeah, more satisfying? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, I don't think he has a good reason for it, so for it happening for a slower, longer period of time when it's more satisfying. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess I just... I saw some things. Here's a question. I saw a couple of people on this forum, this old Buffy forum, that were like, oh, it would have been cool if he went went for it and made himself a vampire, which I think we kind of touched on before. Daniel, do you think that could have saved Riley from just being boring and then leaving? I mean, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I that mean, would have been more fun. Yeah, more fun, but. Especially if he was then evil. Well, he yeah. would have been, right? Yeah, well, that's had a soul. But see, that's why he wouldn't do it because he still, I think, deep down thinks that demons are not human. Yeah. They're just inherently evil. Right, yeah. So. I mean, I, mean, I, I that, guess I don't God. not believe him when he says he just wanted to know how it felt. I mean, because if we believe that he does hate them and he doesn't want that, then why would he do it? 
So I guess, I mean, his reasoning is stupid, but I mean, if that really is the reason, then he doesn't want to become a vampire. So yeah, I think that would be a nightmare for him. Obviously the biggest part of this episode is Riley leaving in the fight that him and Buffy have. She's completely 100% in the right and he's fucking nuts. So let's delve into that a little bit. (laughs) Obviously I have my opinions on it, but Daniel, do you think that Riley had a leg to stand on? Like, do you think that his argument yeah. of let, let me just start by saying, what do you think his his argument was for leaving? Because I thought it was one thing because he said, like, you just don't love me the way that I need you to love me, basically. And then he threw in some jealousy bullshit. I think that he believes, like he said from the beginning, that she doesn't love me. He did say, I don't feel it when she said I gave you my body, my soul. I don't feel it. So what is his reasoning? I don't know. Everything he said, he has said before. So for to Marty's credit, I think she did a good job of weaving everything that he's been saying for this whole, you know, back half of season four um, has been good because that is what he's been saying. Like, I wasn't surprised by anything that he said. You know what I mean? Like it didn't none of it was a shock to me. Um, But I, I really enjoyed why this episode infuriates me is because I really love that Marty gave Buffy the mouthpiece to to take everything that he said and fucking shoot it down. And at the end, she completely capitulates and has her run through the streets to the fucking helicopter. And I think that was an enormous mistake. And I think it really paints Buffy in a in, in a light that I, you know, would definitely want to talk about with her and Xander in a minute. But, you know, I think that was a huge mistake to have her run to the helicopter. That shouldn't have happened. Or if it did happen, she should have stopped in the woods. And then made a call. It was like, I don't want to fucking be with him. So I'm going to stop in the woods. I'm not going to let him see me. And I'm going to watch him leave. And I'm going to leave. That's what should have happened. Not not this whole, like, lost. Because then he'll be this lost boyfriend thing. Like, you need a clean break. And I that should have happened. But for me as a watcher, I would think, oh, no, season five is going to be just like season four. Wouldn't that suck? <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it it really does make it like he gets to be the one that got away and we just reinforce that when he does come back with his Uh wife and his great new life and everything and and it's just like that was a lie everything he brought up she reasonably shot down and and from the outset i want to talk about this and she says immediately i'm not ready to talk about this i don't care we're talking about it okay so already you've lost dude you've already like no one's on your side now but i I feel like there's a world where i don't know i can a little bit see riley's side what else do you want from me riley i've given you everything that i have i've given you my heart my body and soul you say that but i don't feel it i just don't feel it well whose fault is that I'm telling you, this is it. This is me. This is the package. And if it's so deficient that you need to get your kicks elsewhere, then we really have a problem. I think Riley is totally in the wrong, but also at the same time, he's totally justified. Oh, okay. Interesting. He cheated on her. I'm not going to argue about that. As far as I'm concerned, it's cheating. No, I agree. I mean, I think we drove that home when we straight up said, suck jobs from your horse. Yeah. (laughs) So he treated Buffy like crap. He cheated on her. He didn't tell her how he was feeling about anything. He just let it simmer beneath the surface until it came into this boiling point. He deeply hurt Buffy, and then he pushed her on it. On the other hand... In a relationship, you always have the right to say, look, this isn't working for me. I'm really sorry. I'm going to do something else. Like, I need to move on from this. And he has the right to say that. He has the right to say, like, I don't think you, like, I'm unhappy. And I don't think that I'm not interested in trying to make you give me what I want because I don't think that's natural for you and it's just like it's not working I think that's fine for him to say but everything the way he went about it was completely wrong I don't know if I phrased that very well no I think you're right and I I feel the same way I think that he he did a terrible job of conveying what he was saying and waiting to the last second and saying I'm leaving and not even really giving her the opportunity to have feelings about this you're not going to let me process this You're just saying I'm leaving and that's it? Or else, Mm -hmm. like, what the hell? Love languages are a thing. The way you show affection to another person, uh, it's 
the way people want to receive it and the way you show it don't always line up. And like, if it doesn't line up, this person's probably not for you. But also, people can are capable of change. I fully believe that. So if he would have possibly given her the option by talking to her about any of these things before he's leaking Belize, then maybe she could have corrected course a little bit. Like, oh, I see that you think that I don't love you because of this, the way that I act this way. Well, I can show you a different way because that's how you perceive it and you understand it. And it's not fair. It's not fair that you don't accept that. And just because you don't accept saying that I'm lying, like everything I'm telling you, I'm loving you as hard as I can. And that's not good enough for you. And like, that's really fucked up. But I... I get where he's coming from. If you don't feel it, that's fine. But yeah, definitely don't tell Spike about it. Don't tell Xander about it, but not tell your fucking girlfriend about it. Sometimes I envy you so much, it chokes me. And sometimes I think I got the better deal. To be that close to her and not have her. To be all alone, even when you're holding her. Feeling her, feeling her beneath you, surrounding you, this scent. No, you got the better deal. And then Xander, Xander ruining the day. So the Xander stuff is is interesting to me, I, and I want to just float this. I was really wrong. My monk dunk got blocked last <laughs> week, so I'm going to float this idea here. You guys let me know if this is crazy. But the Xander... The Xander Buffy thing, I think, was like probably the most important part of the whole episode and really ties the two of them together in a way, because clearly Xander, what he was saying, it was a tough look for my man Xander. He looked really poor in this episode. I got to say everything he said was stupid, but in, but in the end, it boiled down to something that I think both of them don't believe, but want to pretend to believe. And that's in love, like this mythical, epic otherworldly love the only time Buffy really cried was the at the idea of love the reason she ran down the street to get him was out of some movie and it's the same reason that after Xander got called out he fucking went to Anya those two things happening are not you know it's not a coincidence you know the two of them both realized something in their talk and they wanted to correct it as we see with Hell's Bells he doesn't really love Anya or whatever you know the, the relationship wasn't right obviously with Riley it wasn't right Right. Even though she could have corrected it or whatever. I don't think that the two of them were compatible. I don't think that she really loves him in some mythical way. And I don't know if that's like an, an angel influence where she thought that was like the one love or whatever. But I think when Xander started talking about this big idea of love, that's when she got convinced everything else. All of her reasoning went away after she thought what she was doing was going after the idea of love. And then she took off down the street and ran after a helicopter. But everything else, if, if Xander wasn't there to incite that idea, she would have, I think, been fine with her decision. She would have been heartbroken, but she would have been like, thinking back on it, she would be like, fuck him. Fuck everything he did. Fuck all that yep. shit. But now she's going to think, oh my God, I gave up love. I gave. He was trying to love me. And this idea of love. And Xander obviously is committing to the idea of love. He went right to Anya and was like, I love you so much. I want nothing Absolutely. but you. And we know that that's not true. What am I supposed to do? Beg him to stay? Why wouldn't you? To keep Riley here, you... I don't even know who he is anymore. I mean, I thought he was dependable. Dependable? What is he, State Farm? You know what I mean. Yeah, I think you mean convenient. I think he took it for granted that he was going to show up when you wanted him to and take off when you didn't. Look who's talking. Look who has Anya following him around like a lovesick puppy. Oh, boy, is this not about me. Is she more than a convenience? Because that would kind of be a surprise. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, I'll shut up right now. Good, because I don't. Him running to, to Anya to confess his love was also like a weird macho power trip. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I just own Buffy. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm a man. I think so. He did say that. You make me feel like a man. I think that that's the reason why it happened. I, but again, yeah. Xander, that's why we don't like Xander, because he just says things out of his ass. But I think that we can also look at Buffy and say <laughs> she listens to it and responds right. to it. Like, I think right. Buffy and Xander are more linked than than we want to admit. Uh, you know, they're, they 
they do think on the same wavelength a lot. And I think both of them don't maybe don't believe in the idea of love or they just haven't met that person. But they're never going to admit that with the person that they're with. Like it has to be do or die. And maybe Buffy forgets it. So she needed to be reminded and she, she just flew. I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, Dawn was the most insightful person regarding Buffy's uh, thought process in relationships and love. She never cries over Riley, but she cries about Angel all the time. She made a pretty mm-hmm. logical decision in what was a pretty mature, regular relationship. Like, this is how relationships go. There's not usually these dramatic up and downs. And what's nuts is, like, there was a lot of drama in their relationship. They took down a secret military organization. Like, their life is constantly fraught with drama. But it's not drama about their relationship. Right? You know, she was thinking logically, and she was making uh, valid arguments about why... I'm exactly. loving you the best that I can, and I fully believe that. But Xander came along and said, but don't you remember? It's supposed to be chaos and passion and everything's nuts, and he's the best. Let's amp it up. Amp Beyond it up. Beyond passion. That's what Riley said. And and Riley was like, you know, the feeling. You know, again, I don't know if they're talking about cheating or addiction or it's two heavy-handed metaphors riding on top of one another. But the beyond passion, it's like I think that passion is a word, obviously, that we all use here with Angel. And it's like saying something like that invokes angel immediately and then evokes everything that comes with angel and i don't think that that's not on that's on purpose like that's why marty did did well with all of this that's why i just hate the ending because i think she did a great job writing the breakup of these two people and i think that's logical and it all makes sense even xander's part all makes sense but i just hate that buffy didn't in the end decide to stay in the woods and be like wait xander's wrong and i wonder why she made a great valid stand and then totally threw it away. And I wonder what that's serving. Like, are there huge Riley stands that she was afraid of upsetting? Or, like, maybe maybe even the audience's idea of love. Like, he's a great guy. I'm sure somebody must think that. Like, he's a great guy. Everything he said was right. He's right for feeling like this. I mean, yeah, maybe he cheated. But, you know, she cheated first. She let Dracula suck on her arm or whatever. So, like... I don't know. I don't know why the backpedaling immediately from one scene to the next, if not to serve someone like. I mean, I think it's really the message that Buffy gets from Xander is like, I need to get over my like immediate feeling of hurt and see if this is something I want to salvage um, versus just saying like, fuck you, Riley. Like you get what you get. And you and she stayed in that mindset. It would have been a lot less devastating for Riley to leave. Than for her to think, maybe I do want to pursue this. I'm not ready for this ultimatum and then to have it, like, slip through her fingers. Xander made her realize, like, if I stay mad and I just, like, pout about this tonight, like, I'm making a choice. Like, it's not fair, but Riley put the choice on Buffy. And I don't think she was thinking about it until Xander said that to her. Um, Or even that everything I said was true. It doesn't make it less true. Just because you're, you know, like, you're leaving. I'm still mad at you. All of these things I said were true, but it also means that I can still, I still want to be with you. We can, we can work this out. We can fix it. I mean, that is what Xander was saying. Don't just throw it away. And I'm sure that is going to be, you know, anybody in a relationship, right? If you don't hate them or it happens so fast, you're not just going to be like, well, lickety split, we're done. Which, again, proves that Buffy wasn't lying the whole time, right? Buffy wasn't leading him on. Otherwise, Buffy would have been like, oh, fuck it. I don't care. Spike close me. I can tell. So see ya. I mean, I think if she would you have know? stopped him in another like alternate universe, if she did stop him, it still wouldn't have worked out for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just would have taken longer. Or she would have said, I don't want to talk tonight. And he would have been like, okay, Buffy, that's okay. And then he wouldn't have come around for a week. And she would have come around. And then they would have talked about it. And it wouldn't have been so explosive. But yeah, when you got to go away. It would have been even better if she was like, I don't want to talk tonight. And he was like, okay, Buffy. And then he gets on a helicopter and never talks to him again. She, like, ignores him for a week and then tries to find him and she can't. And then, like, people are like, oh, yeah, he, he, like, left. (laughs) He's in Belize. (laughs) Yeah, I saw. (laughs) Do you think he's going to meet that horn devil guy, the creature that um, Drusilla slept with? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd probably kill him. 
I mean, it's a terrible look for Riley. It's a terrible look for Riley no matter what. Season four, the long season four, it just culminates with the initiative. And, I mean, talk about something that brings the whole episode down. Like, Jesus, that was that was the worst stuff of the whole episode was the initiative. Oh, yeah. Just being alive. We're not the initiative, they yeah. say, but we know better. We know better. You're a soldier. I quit the government a long way back. We're not government. We're army. Just like you. Don't worry, he's an anarchist. It all makes sense. <laughs> I think it was an okay way to end the relationship. I mean, it's just crazy that they've been together for so long. It's just so it's weird that they're not together now. And I'm I'm into seeing what happens after this. But if they keep lingering on Riley, I am going to be a little bit annoyed. Uh, so. As far as I it's basically just the next episode. Yeah, okay. I think we see her sad overalls make an appearance. Oh, we don't. No. But she cry into Tara's shoulder and say, I had a miraculous love because she thinks Xander and Anya are breaking up for some reason. Oh, the uh, triangle is great. Triangle is great. Okay. Okay. Well, we need a we need a good one after this. When I was younger, I used to put my chopsticks to my mouth like this, and then Buffy would chase me around the house yelling, "I am the Slayer! I'm going to get you!" That's disturbing. You're emotionally scarred and will end up badly. So the only other thing that I really kind of wanted to talk about in this episode was Spike. I think the scene between Riley and Spike is actually pretty good where Riley tries to stake Spike. Um, James Marshall's acting was fantastic. Like having to act like you like you that like that strained like. You know, he's got staked in the heart, and now he's trying to do acting. But he does it at the same acting. time. It's acting! Acting is amazing! Yeah, so it's... He did a really good job, and I think that's a real thing, too, when... Riley goes there to fake kill him, and then they end up having about it because they're, you know, commiserating. I think that can definitely be a thing. It's especially a very trippy, like, dude thing, right? Like, ah, we fucking hate each other. Ah, we're buds. It's fine. I just... They're throwing the booze to each other. I just expected, <laughs> like, Lucas to... Obviously, you're not familiar with the Captain America archetype. You don't drop anything that's thrown at you. That's the rule. Like when you're an all-American hero, you never drop anything. Um, I I don't understand what Spike was doing outside of Buffy's window. I know he's into her, but that seems like we've crossed a line. And I don't understand it because I don't understand the pathology of stalkers. And I think that's what Spike is doing. At this point. And I wanted Stacia to tell me about what makes stalkers tick so I could uh, know what the fuck is Spike doing? Why is he just creeping outside of her window for no reason all the time? Can you tell me about it? Uh, I really don't have an answer for you on that. (laughs) About Spike specifically? (laughs) About uh, stalker pathology. Hmm. So, that's fine. I do have some other information, though. Great. So, stalking. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) Webster's Dictionary Dictionary definition is, no. Um, So, stalking, it's kind of ambiguous because it's not like a clear and defined act. It's basically a pattern or like a series of acts. Definitions are kind of vague. Generally, it's a pattern of behavior that causes someone to be afraid. That's like the broad general thing. And every state has its own stalking laws and they all define stalking differently. So it depends on the state that you're in. Stalking is a crime in all 50 states in the United States. I didn't do research, legal research about anything outside of the country. So sorry. Other What about Belize? Other country denizen, don't know. <laughs> but uh, only one third of states classify stalking as a felony if it's a first offense. And so I got curious. In Oregon, is stalking a felony? No. Okay. It's a class A misdemeanor. So uh, ORS 163.732 is uh, the statute in Oregon that defines stalking. And basically, it has three arms to it, and you have to have all three to be considered a stalker. You have to knowingly, knowingly alarm, of course, another person um, by engaging in repeated and unwanted contact with them. So you have to know that you're upsetting them, one, repeatedly. Two, it has to be objectively reasonable that that person would be upset by what you're doing. And three, it has to cause the reasonable apprehension that they are in fear of their safety. Can't just like, I don't know, leave someone flowers a couple of you considered stalking legally in Oregon, I guess. Because mm. <laughs> the whole person wouldn't be scared for their safety because of flowers. Okay. 
one moment, I left them flowers. Doesn't seem scary. But, like, in the context, it takes on this, like, threatening aura. So you're like... Well, it is scary because he's my ex-boyfriend and he has violent tendencies. And he left them in my bedroom, which he shouldn't have access to. Like, idea of a rose is not inherently scary, but, like, within the context of what's happening, like, suddenly you're like, ah, that's actually really upsetting. Um, but that's why it's really hard for victims of stalking to be taken seriously by the police. Um, generally, you have to have be able to show, like, a repeated pattern of conduct. And, like, 50% of stalking reported that the cops did nothing. You can go to civil court and request that a judge get you a protective order. Some states specifically have a stalking protective order. Um, other states, you can only protective order against someone you're actually related to. So, like, an ex-boyfriend who's stalking you, you can't get a protective order against, right. even oh. if he's being super creepy. <laughs> Uh, which is really upsetting. So, stalking is actually pretty prevalent. Um, one in every six women and one in every 19 men in the U.S. will report stalked by someone in their lifetime. Um, most stalkers are men. That's both men stalking men and men stalking women. Like, hmm. women, it's like 75% of women that are stalked are stalked by a man, and then like 50% of men that are stalked are stalked by another man. Um, there's some, there's a small percentage, it was like 17% of... Of people being stalked didn't know the gender of the person that was stalking them. They just received cryptic notes. Um, a little bit on the, like, pathology of stalkers. Psychologists have identified five different stalker types. Oh, which one's Spike? So the first one is the rejected stalker. So this is basically someone who had, was in an intimate relationship with the, their stalk E and they were either broken up with or divorced or something and they feel rejected. Okay. Um, and that's the most common kind of stalker and they're also one of the most le most likely to be violent. Then the next kind of stalker is a resentful stalker. These are people who are self-righteous and mad at the people they're stalking because they don't like them or the way this person is acting. Oh, interesting. It's like, you know, like a right-wing Christian extremist who's mad at so-and-so because they said something on Right, some moral authority. Yeah. Something or other. Um, an intimacy-seeking stalker. This is someone who wants to be in a relationship with the person they're stalking, but they don't have said relationship. This is often... Yeah. <laughs> this is often someone who they don't actually know personally, so like a celebrity stalker mm. or like a sort of like a figure, famous person stalker. Um, they tend to be pretty delusional because sometimes they'll think they are in a relationship with them and that person, you know, doesn't even know they exist. Then there's the quote-unquote incompetent stalker who doesn't understand social cues and when they're being creepy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the predator, which sounds really creepy and is really creepy because they're, they're not just like people making bad decisions, but they're like, you know, like experiencing psychopathy they like are doing it because they enjoy the fact that they're scaring someone and it's not necessarily someone that they know it's like the the feel and power of scaring someone is the reason they're doing it not just because they're mad that their ex broke up with them or something yeah i definitely think spike's probably just to the number three the one who's like wants to be in a celebrity stalker yeah ding, 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 yeah ding, and buffy's ding, a celebrity she's a slayer yeah, if I was Spike, I would get a lawyer because if it was an organ, you could fight that easily. <laughs> yeah. Buffy doesn't give a shit about him being in her bedroom. Nope. Um, she's willing to take her clothes off to put them on with him just standing yep. right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Spike's got a pretty. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not stalking. I'm not. All I do is stand outside of her window for hours on end and then show up in her bedroom. Her window's open. I ain't, I'm not up on a ladder. I'm just listening. They're the ones with the window open, wide open. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I just think it's not a great look for Spike. No, it's obviously. never a great look for Spike. <laughs> <laughs> We've already passed that when no, he's sniffing clothes. Not. So he's he's out of here Definitely. with that. I mean, just he needs I to be disinvited like... immediately. You wake up and he's in your room. You need to immediately say, you're disinvited. Oh, my God. You could yell from outside. Yeah. My window's always open. Just yell. Say, Buffy. <laughs> I, there's somewhere, something you need to see. I'm only sleeping over here so Buffy and Riley can boink. No, no, that's, that's, not, that's not it at all. They just need time to um, <clears throat> be tender. Relax. <laughs> He's not very convincing, is he? 
Alone time always translates into get Don out of the house so we could have loud, obnoxious sex. Oh, does that mean we can't? Like, of all the things so far, because now I'm, I'm watching this happen. So, because Stacia likes Spike, you're, like with Faith, looking for every opportunity to throw this in her. And, honestly, my face. I like Spike. So, I see what you're doing. So, uh, this episode, though, Kelly, you got nothing to stand on. He is just minding his business, smoking on the side of the street. He is He's just listening. So what? He's He, he enjoys um, what he enjoys, you know? It's just... Got to let him let him live his life. He's not been disinvited. She has not said don't come in. So, I mean, he's going to keep repeating behaviors that she allows. Yeah, but he's like going through her like clothes and sniffing her clothes. And that's, now that was too far. That's crossing <laughs> that's too far. a line. I think standing outside her house, it doesn't look good, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to play. I think I'm going to try to play as attorney from here on out, Kelly. I'm going to try to get Spike acquitted. From your from your guilty, um, verdict I mean, that legally you're in Oregon, he's not stalking her. I know. I don't know what the law is in California. I should have looked that up. Yeah, stalking her in Sunnydale legally. <laughs> God damn. I mean, but I mean, Sunnydale PD, well, they're not going to enforce anything. So, well, of course not. So yeah, you that's know, true. that's I not. I guess if happen. you put it. Well, stalking is all about context, right? And if you put it in the context of he's a vampire, Hulk is doing <laughs> no. fucked up stuff and hurting people. <laughs> so I guess well, you, a light you stalking is probably on the lower <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot worse. I think the difference between you and me, Kelly, is that while you will defend Faith and her every poor decision, absolutely, I'm not that super interested in defending Spike. And I try to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing to be on Spike's side when he does these things. But for you, Faith can kill DMAF, yeah. and you're you're like, yeah, she's misunderstood. It was an accident. That was an, was accident. an accident. See, there we go. That's, <laughs> there that's we go. exactly it. That's the problem. This See, Spike was the, in the like, wrong place at the wrong death. time. Ugh. Authorities and citizens alike were shocked when the slain man was identified as Deputy Mayor Alan Finch. And I think that Spike is absolutely that. And she tells him to his face, you're just there. You're just there for me to use. He stays. And maybe Spike's the one that's abused in the relationship if you want to look at it that way. But he's the only one of them all that is selfless, which just feels crazy to say. But he constantly gives to Buffy and doesn't really ask for anything back. And he accepts it. Even when he kills himself to save everyone, he's like, no, I get it. This is what you need. And I love you. I love you more than anything. And I will literally do anything. Even in that moment where she says, I love you back. And he says, no, you don't. He's not asking anything of her. He's just accepting her for who she is. And Riley and Angel both want things from her. And she's so honest with them by saying, this is who I am. And this is what I do. And I don't think the critique of saying Riley as a convenience is fair. For one thing, he wants to be useful. And he's making himself a convenience and be the thing she needs. And she recognizes that on some level. So she's like, do these things I need to have done. But that's not satisfying for him at the same time. So he's like, I'm just a little yarn boy. And he's really fine with that until his army buds were like, oh, yeah, mission's boyfriend. He still hasn't gotten over Buffy being stronger. He puts himself in that position and he treats Buffy badly. He's supposed to be the quote-unquote good boyfriend, but honestly, he's low-key abusing her on a consistent basis, making her feel bad for being strong. She knows that Spike doesn't want anything. Well, she's also 20. I'm sorry I couldn't take care of you. And that's really what it is. You're still making me do the work of giving you a task so you can be a hero. That's what you need from me all the time is for me, for you to be the strong guy, for me to build you up constantly, constantly. Well, I think part of it is about me taking care of you. And it's like, no, it's not, because if it was, then you would let me handle this the way that I need to handle this. Which is why this whole thing is so frustrating. He could just use his words, but he doesn't do that. He's just like, well, I'll just be over here, Buffy. I'm just going to lurk in this corner over here and feel left out. Mm. Why don't you just go stand next to Spike by the tree? 
How did you not see Spike? Let's be honest. How did you like if if he took the right turn instead of the left? Spike's gonna have to explain why he's outside in the middle of the yard. Yeah. Also, Buffy's twenty years old, so like that's also another wrinkle in this whole thing, which is like you don't. I don't like the word convenience. I don't like any of that. But like you, like you kind of alluded to, Kelly. Like in a way, it's it's you want something that doesn't feel. It doesn't have to be this be all end all love. Like I think that's all true. This is not your forever partner. Like this is just something you're doing right now, and that doesn't have to be bad. But for you know for Riley's character, that's not okay. For Angel, that's not okay. But you're right. For Spike, though, yeah, it's. I don't yeah. care, man. I'm living in the moment right now. And and those feelings seem just way more genuine than than anything Riley or Angel could ever conjure. So Totally. And she's young. She's a kid. So cut her some slack. I mean, at the base of it, it's just Riley's insecurity. He's insecure that Buffy's stronger than him. He's insecure that Buffy had someone she was in love with before him. Mm-hmm. He's insecure that he's not, quote unquote, dark enough for her. I mean... It's very, like, weird and manipulating. It seems like the only way that he'd be satisfied suddenly she lost all her powers and also had no friends or family. (laughs) It was, like, wholly dependent on him. And then he would be like, yes. (laughs) Well, and to to make himself feel better, he's going to go and kill things. Like, I mean, he's just not a... He's not a solid guy. I mean, it's like... He's saying, you're not there, Buffy. And it's like, she's like physically there in bed and you're getting out to like kill vampires and then have one suck your blood. Like who's literally not there? Kelly, to your point, I think it would be better if it was longer, because if they wanted to make this an addiction story, then you could have done because they wanted to ride both sides. They were like, this is a little bit of an addiction. This is a little bit of of cheating. But like, which one is it? But if if we had him doing this for a long time and he couldn't kick the habit or something, then at least you're telling it like that. But to do this in two episodes is, you know, classic Buffy, like turning on a dime, just torpedo a character and move on. (laughs) And that's why I love the show. It's great. But God damn, our boy Riley. I mean, we've been this whole this whole long season four. I mean, he surprised me, too. I mean, going through this has been fun because he's not that terrible until he became terrible. And same with Oz. He was fine until... He had to be terrible. So this show is vindictive and it'll go after you in two <laughs> seconds if it needs to for the plot, which is fine. That's what TV shows do. It's it's great. But poor, poor. Riley, I mean, not poor Riley, though. They they really set it up well, as I said before. Marty did a great job. Yeah. To leave after that fight. I mean, we wanted to leave for a long time anyway, but like it is. Yeah, dude. Fuck this guy. Bye. Bye. Well, you're excited because you're like new possibilities, right? We all kind of got used to Riley. And now it's like, oh, we kind of, I'm happy he's gone. Let's see what happens next week, you know? It's exciting. Yeah, can we do something else? There is a hell god after <laughs> us, know. guys. Let's not forget. <laughs> Please, let's do yes. something else. Fine. Tell me about your whores. Um, I think that now is a pretty time to remind everyone that we were a real podcast. And we can be found at Beat Me Pod everywhere. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh... We have a Spotify playlist if you like music, and that playlist contains all the songs that we use in our podcast here, as well as all the songs that are played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that are available on Spotify. And hey, where can you find that? That's going to be at beatme-funtime playlist for podcast fans. Season 5 on Spotify, so subscribe to that if you're into into the music. Uh, but more importantly, what it's time for is old-fashioned 90s and yelling. What the fuck, Xander? Just tell Willow what time it is, you asshole. <laughs> what was that about? What was that power the tripping body. about? It was body. I, this is not... It was the body. It, it's it's the sort of... That's the same speech patterns and shit they're going to oh, do to- for the body. Yeah, it's when they're all weird, disassociating. Yeah, strange. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's, it was great. I don't care, man. That was a dick move. I'm glad she was like... She didn't take it. As an insult, which she rightly well could have, and just like, yeah, but there's a wash right above your hands. <laughs> Please, which just is tell great, me. great shot. I mean, oh, it was good stuff, Marty. Good job. And it was a, it was eleven oh five p.m. By the way, in case oh, wow. anyone wanted to know. That's when the little hands there. Oh, between the six and the eight. Um, I'll see you then. Well, I wrote these notes weeks ago, and I don't remember. <laughs> Their context, and can barely <laughs> read my handwriting. So I do know that I wrote, she's newly human and strangely literal, which is one of my favorite quotes yes. by Anya. Anya. Yeah. Well, that was just because they were making fun of her about the yes. chicken feet mm-hmm. thing, yeah. Uh, Buffy, she hugged the doctor, and the doctor, like, 
almost got his back broken. Uh, this leads me to mm-hmm. ask a question. Has Buffy ever been? She, we know she's been to the hospital, but has she ever had a physical or something? Like, are her bones different? Her muscles, are they different than ours? You know what I mean? Like, is her strength just, it is just supernatural, I guess, right? Because if a slayer dies, the power just comes to her, right? Or she is always a slayer in waiting, even if she lives her whole life and dies. Like, that's the part I don't get. Is she always strong? Can you see this on a x-ray that she has alum whatever bones the wolverine bones yeah we we definitely never specifically address it in the show they might get there in the comics at some point but my understanding uh for the canon of the the lore of it is that none of them are super strong until they're activated so until they turn 15 or until they're called um and that nothing seems physically different with them at all he is super strong but then we have like riley like I mean, it's weird to watch him holding her hand, her arm. And I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar is so skinny and he is just like ripping it. I'm like, you could break her arm right now. This Slayer, it's just funny that she has so much power. (laughs) And yet Mark Lucas can just turn her around. If if I was Buffy, I'd just be like, I won't move. I'm I'm so strong that I'll just stay in place. Like he should be able to pull her and not be able to pull her around. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, she well, still I, is only forty two pounds. Yeah, yeah. I don't think her bone density is. I don't think any of that because <laughs> well, like, that's what I'm asking. Because <laughs> yeah, because sometimes she can just have sex with somebody and it if it got out of control she would kill him in a heartbeat. But yet she goes to hug a doctor, <laughs> which she hugs people all the time. But maybe she got carried away because her mom is okay. But she almost kills this man. Yeah, like, that's all it was. On. I don't think that. I think that was just like she was too excited, which we've done that before too. Yeah, the uh, yogurt machine. Right, yeah. Let's not forget. The yogurt, no! He's going to make the sound effect. I know, that's why I brought it up. Uh, Dawn says when they're in the babysitting scene, uh, when she's at Anya and Zandy's, uh, I used to put chopsticks in my mouth and, and have Buffy chase me when I was younger, or when I was little. I think she says when I was little. And it's like, okay. You're still little. One, you're still little. I mean, she's 14, but arguably still little. Two. Buffy's only been out as a Slayer since the end two, which is two and a half years at this point. So when you were 12 and a half? Yep. What? I love it. The, when you were little? Dawn has a serious case of arrested development. She is having some problems because she was written to be 12 years old and she is 14 and it is fucking her up. It's bad enough you're not real. Shut up. It's bad enough you're not real. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Station. <laughs> Uh, there's a sign in the magic box that's advertising different holidays, and my yes. favorite is Gunthar's Ascendance. Yeah! Uh-huh. There's an entry in the Buffy wiki for that, and, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, is there lore about this? It just says, Gunthar's Ascendance was a holiday that was celebrated sometime in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's incredible. Uh, there was uh, a lot of sex in this episode. Marty Noxon really pushing the buttons here. It took a lot. Uh, not time. only do we have Dawn, Dawn, what? It took, the sex scene lasted forever. It felt like. Oh yeah, no, we uh, we have Dawn. You know, throwing Riley uh, and Buffy under with you know they're just throwing me over here to boink. <laughs> uh, we have Spike watching the longest, the, not the longest sex scene in the world, but it felt like the longest sex scene in the world. Um, Joy talking to Joyce. And I'm sure he'll come over later looking for a little Bible study. Well, good. I mean, just as long as the two of you are spending some quality time with the Lord. We are. Absolutely. Uh, the initiative guide just shouts breeding, <laughs> uh, which was too much for me. That's right. And then at the <laughs> end. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's too much. And then at the end, she's like, let's go have sex. And then Xander's just like, no, I don't like you anymore. I need to have my mind changed. Uh, and, like, he rejects Anya, you rejects. Know? I need so, to have my mind changed. Yeah, it was a lot of. <laughs> By yelling at my friend, I need to get, like, get my juices flowing to dominate my friend. Ew. I think so. <laughs> Say stuff oh like that. Why do I put up with this? Because it is your destiny. And because I just bought 20 Kokorific candy bars. Uh, speaking of yucky sex stuff, Spike don't get a boner face when Buffy's changing is one of the most terrible things James Marshall's ever done in his life. I'm going to have to go ahead and wager. Oh, sure. Uh, to erase that from my memory. 
Uh, this is the second time in a row that Buffy's boyfriend has unceremoniously dumped her and left immediately. Like, left town. This time he left the country. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like... <laughs> uh, as I mentioned before, just for the final time of season four, fuck the initiative. <laughs> fuck this episode. Um, Graham, there was, I mean, obviously the breeding thing and the, all that stuff was terrible. And just, like, how fake that hotel room was that they were filming okay. this in. They have their maps that are just like laminated cutouts that we've already seen before. Fucking terrible. Uh, but w- the best part was when Graham was talking to that commander or whatever. He was like, uh, he he said, um, we need to get Riley. Should we get Riley on this? And the guy looks up quizzically. Who is this guy anyway? He wouldn't know who anybody is. And then he's like, oh, no, no, Agent Finn. He's like, oh, <laughs> why didn't you say Agent Finn? Right? Because we don't have first names in this thing. It was terrible. And then when they came in, they were all standing in the dark and his uh, and his uh, apartment was horrible. I hated that so much. Code one in Belize, and we are not the government. We're the army. I mean, come on. Absolutely. They had to go out the with all the hits, thing man. Ever. With all the hits. And Graham there. I mean, if only Forrest, I, you know, I didn't see any homages to the man, but he's in our hearts. Yeah, R.I.P. Forrest. Or, R. I, I mean, Forrest. yes, R.I.P. Forrest. I was like, he's like, no. <laughs> I was trying to say R.I.P. Graham, and then I said R.I.P. Forrest. Like, oh, that's actually true. Didn't see Graham ever again. Goodbye. I would like to headcanon that Riley's wife was sleeping with Graham on the side. Oh. She might be. Love oh, it. Sam. Two time in She Sam. gets bored with Riley, so she wants to go to Graham because he's the life of the wow. party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's canon, too. <laughs> we just don't see that on Buffy. <laughs> the monosyllabic <laughs> stories he could tell. Watch out. <laughs> Good block. You should use your face more often. They, when Buffy and Spike go to the flop house and uh, the like bouncer vamps like, hey, you can't go up there. Spike just grabs him by the throat and he's like, I said, stay quiet or whatever. And I said, keep it down. And it's like, it's significantly stronger than all other vampires. Why the fuck was he able to just like get out of here? I don't understand. Because I mean, we play... it was cool. I mean, yes, obviously. He got, he got but like... pushed three times. That bouncer had a really rough time. And then he got staked in midair. He maybe needs to change careers. Yeah, if he wasn't dust. Well, okay. Well, so so the bouncer no, is different than the guy you're talking about. The leader of the brothel in his <sighs> name, not mentioned by name in the show, but his name is Whip. W-H-I-P. Whip. I don't care. That's how do you know what his name is? Because, because I he credited as that. He must be yeah. Because it was in the wiki. That's how. So, we trust wiki one hundred percent. What's your over under on Fine. me playing the? Sh- show me, me your, your whores horse. or show, tell me your whore, tell your whores or whatever. How many times do you think I'm going to play that clip in this episode? Four. 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 Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I'll make sure it's more than four. I, every time you say "suck job," I just want to say. <laughs> I just want to have Buffy right after you screaming. Tell, Tell me about horse. <laughs> or whatever she says. God, what does she I say? I don't even know. Tell me. Tell me about your oh, yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. Tell I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the WB, guys. Seventh Heaven is on this channel. <laughs> I know. Anyways, that was my. That was two, I have two more. Uh, we can't get away with talking about Joyce. I must be getting better because you're making fun of me. Well, you know, got a lot of time to make up for. So a little slight dunk on Joyce to close us out, which is great. I don't think she was making fun of her. I think she was, like, being supportive and, like, fun 60s mom. It could be fun. Be fun. I know, but out of, out of context, that's going to be a great quote to clip together with all the rest. So that's going to be Oh, awesome. yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, we need to talk about MVP, Most Valuable Primate. Kelly, you... Hell I didn't yeah. even I didn't even think about it, honestly, when Anya said the movie to watch. It went in one ear and out the other. I didn't actually even listen to it because I just heard, oh, a chimp on ice. And I was like, oh, that's funny. They just made up a how stupid, you know, movies are, you know, stupid movies that are in theaters. I just thought they were making making a joke about how dumb movies can be. Oh, you know, absolutely not. But it is a real ass movie. This place rocks. From Airbud Entertainment. With the help of this chimp, we may have a championship season. What you mean, a championship, sir? MVP, most valuable primate. 2000, Robert yeah. Vince. So you're saying you watched this, Kelly, or you did not watch this? No, I didn't watch it. I just knew it came out because I was like, I very much liked Airbud. So 
if there's another animal on a sports team movie, I probably uh, was in my my orbit. But no, I would just I think it was you know twelve years old, too cool, too cool for MVP yeah. at that point. Uh, too late to the game. Chimps playing hockey, not as good as Golden Retriever playing basketball. I'm gonna gonna say. It. I kind of would love. I think I need to watch some clips of this because I'm just gonna like. I just need to say what happens in this movie because it's incredible. So there's two Please kids. Do. Obviously, this is like an airbud situation. So there's one kid, Steven, uh, and then uh, the sister. Uh, she's like a little bit younger. Then there's this chimp uh, whose name is Jack. Jack uh, gets sent to the University of Tennessee where people are doing testing on him. He gets a hepatitis shot, which I think we all which is a huge point of a plot point. So we need to know that he's safe. Instead of getting on a train to go to wherever to do more testing, the train goes all the way to British Columbia and meets this family. Wow. So Tara, the, uh, the sister, is deaf. So Tara knows sign language. Convenient because Jack knows sign language. So they can communicate <laughs> because Jack's hanging out in the treehouse. They try to keep it a secret, not a secret anymore. They, introduce, they let Jack into the, their life. And then they go play hockey. Because they find out that he likes playing, riding around on the ice. So they give him skates. He becomes a player. He's great. He scores goals. He plays with all the regular people. The University of Tennessee hears about this. They come to try to get Jack. Jack, the family is like, no, he's part of our family now. So we're not going to let this happen. So instead, after two in the championship game, after two out of three periods, they, uh, they get Jack out of there to save him. Tara, who is about the same size as Jack, dresses up as Jack, goes into the game, scores the game-winning goal. Everyone is stoked because now Tara, who everybody didn't like, they love her because she's great at sports. Jack gets out of there. It's seemingly everything is okay because Jack then lives with the family until MVP two next year comes out. And Jack is now a famous hockey player playing in Seattle. And then he gets kicked off of the team. Um, there's a team called the Los Angeles Carjackers. Oh, cool. Uh, who, cool. Yeah, not great. So 2001, <laughs> we're telling everything you need to know. They they are like, you're not allowed to have monkeys on the team. So he, so they get, kick him off the team, and he goes to live. Where did this other family go? Who knows? Because Jack meets Ben, a runaway homeless skater boy who lives in a shack inside of an old pool. <laughs> and then hijinks ensue because part two is him learning how to be a skateboarder. Wow, he's Where's given up his family? career as a... Where's the <laughs> University of Tennessee? It's like a I mean, Johnny Tsunami moment. Oh, my God. It's in... So, anyways, I'm with Anya. There's, like, a real big part of me that genuinely needs to see this movie. <laughs> um, that is pretty lingering over here in, like, the, you know, 2.1 on uh, oh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 20%. Oh, yeah, nice, so nice, not, nice. Not looking good for MVP, but it is real. And Anya should definitely, hopefully, she has seen that. Uh, MVP two and three, which I think is a snowboarding one. So no, it good. is Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> it did end in two thousand four, so maybe I'm hoping this this is part of a reboot. So hopefully we'll well, and they'll probably do it, and then Anya will the uh, whoever uh, Emma Caulfield will be the mom, you know, in MVP four. Oh, that would or whatever, be amazing. So that would be the best <laughs> like deep cut inside joke of mine. Yeah, absolutely incredible. So anyways, that's MVP, and that's uh, we all want to see you that. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, I just had this memory of, of like, I don't know, there definitely is an ice skating chimp movie. But then you also, like, you, your memories get twisted and you're like, am I thinking about Dunstan Checks Dunstan In? Dunstan Checks In. I, I mean, don't that's know. the one. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I know. Thank you in advance for something you're about to do. Yes. Which is update our watches. Correct. Xander Construction Outfit Watch? Thank you. No. Maroon Jacket Watch? You better believe it. Buffy grabs it off the hook. As she's done with Riley. Yes! One happens. I have it in my notes. I was about to go nuts. Yeah, she breaks up with Riley. And where does she go for comfort? The maroon jacket. So it's a pretty clear line from one relationship to the other. Dawn's piercing scream. <laughs> no. Hardly any Dawn. Absolutely no Tara. I just want to say it. No Tara in this episode. <laughs> they write a new character and then they just throw her out. I've created a new category because there's so much questionable memories. So I, you know, we already talked about the monks giving her... The memory of the chopstick. So every sort of weird monk thing that happens, I'm going to start keeping track in here. Chips Ahoy, yes. Spike mentions it directly. It's obviously a whole thing. Uh, says it to Riley. Buffy having a personality. I said yes. She's obviously seen a bunch of rom-coms. She's a big fan. That's why she took off down the empty street. <laughs> toward the. I mean, I don't know how many have a helicopter at the end, so that's pretty cool. Um, in an office park. But, you know, 
Dahoffin watch no, but we do get references to Anya's life, and I assume he will be here next week. I'm assuming. No. Uh, with Triangle, right? Okay, so he's coming. No. Uh, Sandy watch no, but she's still kind of being alluded to with all of the sucking. Michael Wicka, Amy Goth watch no. <laughs> Books a million. I didn't see a book. Streets ahead. No new streets <laughs> by my. And biggest KO, nothing. So. Wow. Those That's... are your watches. Oh, man, our watches are so good. We are going to have to Sandy watch, unfortunately, because she is. No, officially we'll dead. But I mean, I like I like having the monks <laughs> bullshit monk implanted memory for the the episode I mean, is pretty good. great. <laughs> if only we knew, we could have been doing it. But yep, oh, man. Okay, well, it is time to rank this sucker. I did not think we would have this much to say about this episode because this episode not great. Willow hacks. We talk about the net. Something would go this way comes. Absolutely nothing. Willow's in this episode for five and a half minutes. No, that might be too... Too many. Too many minutes, actually. Giles, level of Giles. Again, Giles who? I don't know who you're speaking about, because he was only in this episode for five and a half minutes. I gave him a six. Not his fault. Couple pithy lines, but he just... The episode to be found. Joyce is a terrible mom, slash Riley ruins everything. This has to be the last Riley ruins everything. Which, God, he just did it in style. I wanted to, to try to reserve some of the disparaging of riley for their relationship goodness or badness so for joyce as i mentioned i think it was unfair for her to be like you're making fun of me because she wasn't making funny joyce she was having a touching still but i I do like that she was you know being supportive and was like you should go be with your friends and you know you have slang to do and recognizing that buffy's a human being that has interests and hobbies and people in her life so that was nice like the Bible. Uh, but then, yeah, obviously, uh terrible for all the reasons that we've already said. So I gave that category a two. Monster of the Week, S is Whip and his gang. I mean, I guess you could say the monster is Riley and Buffy's imploding relationship, but I don't want to get too metaphorical when there's literal monsters on the screen and it was Whip and the gang and they are kind of not great. Not great. I gave him only a three because, I mean, it was kind of a novel concept to have, like, the vampire brothel because we haven't done that before. You know, like, the, the crackdown. I was like, that's – but, I mean, they're vampires. They're in every episode. It's not exactly uh, uh, a, a new and exciting to the week. Only three. So, relationship goodness or badness? Obviously, Buffy and Riley in the pits. Xander and Buffy, I would also say, in the pits. Not great. Even though – I'm sure Xander, Xander and Anya, 10 out of 10. Yes, Z- Xander and Anya. I mean, who hasn't done stuff like that from time to time? I mean, I made this one guy spontaneously combust and he sent his whole village on fire. Can you stop being scary for a minute and listen to what I'm trying to tell you? Anyway, four for good, relationship goodness or badness. Uh, episode specific, ain't love grand, said by Spike. Anyway, five out of 10 for the episode specific. That's a 25 for the episode. 25, 10 of 10. Uh, the second lowest so for me right now is Shadow, and that's at 31. So a full six points lower than the lowest episode of the series. Come on, second half of the season. Anyway, Stacia. Oh, you also owe us a ranking from last episode, Shadow. Oh, sorry, Listening to Fear. I lied. What was Listening okay. to Fear? <laughs> Shadow was 74 out of 86. But what listening was Listening to, to Fear? Fear was 66 out of 87. But what about this episode? Episode 78 out of 88. Okay. So 10 from the bottom so far. Uh, For me, I put this at number 92. And it's really borne out. I I put 100 for listening to Fear at the coveted 100 slot. Um, it, These are better. This is better than Shadow and better than, I don't, is it better? What does it mean to be better at that point? I don't know. These are so bad that I don't have any feelings towards them, really. But I've enjoyed this conversation. I knew we would enjoy it. I knew we had a good time talking. I did like the whole Xander and Buffy riff, and I think it really shows a lot about those two characters and what they think and feel, and I I like that insight. So, 92. This episode sucks. It's definitely one of the, the, on the worst end, but it's, you know, there's still room to be worse. So, these are terrible episodes. It's like rating... Ted versus bad eggs. How do you do it? I mean, it's impossible. No comeback. Wow. Okay. It's sh- shocked into silence. 
That eggs is good. Thank you. Gosh. It's like pulling <laughs> teeth sometimes. I don't, what do you want me to say? We uh, all know you're wrong. It's fine. <laughs> Daniel, I can understand your argument. I mean, yeah. it is monumental for the relationship to end in a way because, you know, this is Buffy's only second real boyfriend. The, their conversation was interesting. I think Riley and Spike's conversation was interesting because we get more insight onto, like, how deeply Spike actually feels about Buffy and that, you know, that helps the stalking yeah. feel less gross, I guess. I don't know. But I think it builds up enough stuff that the future can be bright. Yeah. There's enough things happening that I'm excited to see where it goes. And I like the idea of Marty doing both parts. Like Joss always gets the, the, the dual directing writing for the big angel episodes, you know, like the breakups and all that. So it's nice to have Marty be able to take on a pretty big episode for the show, for this show. You know, saying goodbye to Mark Lucas. He's been here for this long ass season. So yeah, he's been here forever <laughs> for all thirty so like, four I mean, episodes a... of the season or whatever. Well, yeah, 32. I know. So thirty two. So it's uh, you know, goodbye to him, and that's great. I mean, good for her taking on, and I think it, it benefited from one person telling the whole thing. So I that agree. is better than what's happened. So yeah. All right. Well, that is into the woods. Done forever. Goodbye, Riley. Not forever, but mostly forever. Uh, that uh, I think that that's all I have to do about that. Unless, do you have anything else to say about this episode of TV, Stacia? I do not. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode of television? Nope. Of course not. Okay. Well, I am so excited for everyone to join us next week for Triangle. Look forward to it. It's going to be so good. Until then, Stacia, wow. say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel? So what do you want to do now? Don't say podcast with you because I'm stuffed with Moogoo Guy Pan. You know, fine. Take her side instead of mine, even though I'm the one who sleeps with you and feeds you, bathes you. She bathes you? Fine. Tell me about your whores. Losing our brains. Art against change. I left reasonable about three exits back. A girl needs a monster in her man. It looked like they were paying vampires. Now I know what to get for the person who has it. The hold down with its weights But the wood is tired And the wood is old And we'll make it fine If the weather holds But if the weather holds Will it miss the points That's where I need to go And after we teach her how to gamble, maybe we can all get drunk. I don't think the bar would serve her, but we could bring something in. Strawberry schnapps taste just like real ice cream. Okay. Fine. Tell me about your whores. <laughs>